A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. <laughs> me, may, mamo, moo. Me, may, mamo, you should please oh. join our Patreon. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's there. Hey. Uh, also, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh-huh. We love you. We haven't gotten that many recently, and I don't know what y'all are up to, but just bully your friends into writing us a nice little five-star review. They don't have to listen to the show. <laughs> just drop it in your favorite group text. Say, hey, toss this five stars. We love, uh-huh. we support women. That's it. That's well, all we need. <laughs> obviously. Duh. All right, on to the episode. <laughs> Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Sienna Jekyll. And I'm Liana Holston. And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe studio, recording studio, <laughs> for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, <laughs> we're watching... Nashville. You see, I need something like this for my documentary. I need it. It's it's America. Those cars splashing into each other and all those mangled corpses. Just a minute. Just a minute. Number 59 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this. Apparently it was a musical. What? Old film. What do you mean it was a musical? It was a musical. Like before? No. What we saw was a musical? (laughs) Can you believe it? I had no idea. They got that wrong. (laughs) Who said that? Yay. Uh, (laughs) Have you ever been to Nashville? I haven't. Have you? No. 
Well, let's listen to our predictions of what we thought this movie would be about. Uh, okay. All right, let's do yours first. All right. Hi, Sienna. It's Liana. Hello. I am about to watch a movie that is called Nashville. <laughs> Apparently, it's from 1975, and the poster seems to be some sort of sausage with... <laughs> A very feminine pair of legs and heels. So I'm sure this is going to be a real riot of a time. Love you. Bye. You don't speak yet. In my, okay. You don't speak yet. I have so much to say. The sausage in question was a silver microphone with a real curve. All right. The reading of that as a sausage is giving very... Won't leave the lizard alone. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. In my defense, I had to watch it on my laptop, and from afar, on whatever platform I was watching it on, it looked Is this like a sausage. Some kind of sausage. <laughs> and then finally, Robert Altman, that guy, he both loves to put legs on so objects. You, so you know. And... He loves to do things that have ash so that you go, Ayush. <laughs> Nayushville. Nayushville. How long have you known that he also did the movie MASH? I found out immediately somehow. Wow. Because okay. I saw his name and I was like, what else did he do? And I had to know. And mm. I looked it up and I was like, no. Oh, wow. So you know, you knew the whole film. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Well, let's listen to your prediction for Nashville. Hi, Liana. This is Sienna. I'm about to watch... Nashville. You in a library? I have no idea what this is about. Um, somehow I've heard that it's guessed. a comedy, but it's also three hours, which I don't think we've come across a three-hour comedy and yet. And we never will. Um, it's probably from the 1930s. Some people wear fascinators on their head. Oh, I wish. And hey, I don't really believe this, but maybe it's about country music. <laughs> All right. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Uh, well. <laughs> of course it is. Um, wow. Oh, that would have been such a fun film. 1930s? Um, well, <laughs> a bit Dust Bowl, but... Okay, Sienna, and Godspeed here, could you please give us a summary of the, I don't know, anthology Nashville? Yes. I'm going to give you a choice here. Oh. I have a list of all the characters. Uh-huh. I can do that now or I can do that when we get to phone notes. So you will be doing that? I will be doing that. <laughs> it will be happening. Oh, God. We can cut it out. Let's do it later so that we okay. don't get tired yes. so early on. That's what I was kind of thinking. Okay. okay. <clears throat> A summary mm -hmm. of the film Nashville. Nashville. An ensemble cast of characters yeah. in Nashville, oh. Tennessee, mm -hmm. live their lives in or around the country music industry. Mm -hmm. It takes place over several days leading up to a big gala performance for a political candidate. It is satirical, it is sprawling, mm. and it is full of presumably fake country songs. Yeah. The end. Amazing. There are so many characters, oh. we will get to that later. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Oh my god. Well done. That's a hard movie to summarize. It it took a lot of focus. Mm -hmm. Liana, Hi. I would love historical context on this film. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
Hey, y'all, and welcome to the historical context segment for Nashville, the 1975 apparently satirical musical ensemble comedy drama film. That's too many words. That's not a genre. That is a run-on sentence. With 24 main characters and a total of one hour of musical numbers, which actually are just that's just songs. Yeah, yeah. Not really a musical number. I wouldn't call it a number. So much as just a song. Mm-hmm. The screenplay was written by a woman, so that's something. Joan Tewksbury shouts out. It was directed by the guy who did MASH, so that is why. Mm-hmm. That is why it is the way that it is. Most of the actors composed their own songs. <laughs> what? Which, like, tracks. Wait, what? Yeah, fucking, I don't know. Like, some of them actually were musicians, some of them were Broadway people. Oh. And so the director robert altman was like yeah just like do whatever like whatever i was was trying to sort of learn about country music through this and i think that that means that impossible none of this was can't be done (laughs) accurate absolutely not okay opal the british bbc do you know this Mm -mm. she was played by geraldine chaplin daughter of the one the only Charles Chaplin. Oh, that's why when I googled her, it said also similarly googled Charlie Chaplin, and, and you I was didn't like, "Think to." Well, it said she was in the Charlie Chaplin movie, so I was like, "She must have been in it," but I didn't look at her last name. Daughter of Charlie <laughs> Chaplin and Una O'Neill, Geraldine. D- Daughter Geraldine Chaplin. I just said that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Ray Sawhill of Salon Magazine wrote about the film. Quote, what Nashville reveals is a country trying to pull itself together from a nervous breakdown, end quote. Which is fair enough. America in 1975 was having a rough go of it. Uh The 1960s had been very tumultuous. There was the Watergate scandal in 1972. The Vietnam War had literally just ended in April of 1975. And so the whole country was going through the general concept of disillusionment. As we've seen from a lot of films on this list, because we cannot escape the 1970s. (gasps) Many of the characters in the movie are based on real country music figures. Um, I'm going to read off some names that most of them didn't mean anything to me, but somebody might care about this. Haven Hamilton, the guy in the sparkly outfit, Mm -hmm. uh, was a composite of Roy Acuff, Hank Snow, and Porter Wagoner. Wow, I don't know any of those names. Absolutely. Barbara Jean, based on Loretta Lynn. Tommy Brown, based on Charlie Pride. Tom, Bill, and Mary, based on, here's a shocker, Peter, Paul, and Mary. How'd you figure that one out? Uh, Connie White, who's Barbara's, like, rival blonde red dress singer, was Uh based on Lynn Anderson, Tammy Wynette, and Dolly Parton. Oh. And this is actually cool. The gospel (laughs) choir, the rest of this, I just don't care about, but the gospel choir in the movie, who you see in the opening scene when Lily Tomlin is, like, the the one white woman in a gospel choir, and Mm -hmm. you're like, what? Um, That choir is based on, or said to be based on, the Fisk Jubilee Singers. So, in 1866... Fisk University opened in Nashville, Tennessee, as, quote, the first American university to offer a liberal arts education to young men and women, irrespective of color. This was 1866, very, very early on. In 1871, a choir was organized at the university as a way to raise money for the college, for the university. In 1872, the next year, the choir sang at the World Peace Festival in Boston and then was invited to perform at the White House by President Ulysses S. Grant. And then in 19... Nope. In 1873, the Fisk Jubilee Singers toured Europe. 
Oh. They just like propelled to success, which was great. And they used the funds from that tour to build Jubilee Hall, which is now a National Historic Landmark per the U.S. Department of the Interior, as designated in the year 1975. Fun fact. And... They're still a group today, so you can still see the Fisk Jubilee Singers perform at Fisk University. They must be so old. No. (laughs) And finally, Nashville, Tennessee, the country music capital of the world. There's a Greek Parthenon replica in Centennial Park. Who cares? In 1892, the first... Yeah. In In 1892, the first concert was held at Ryman Auditorium, which was also known as the Church of Country Music. Uh, I guess fun fact is that the end scene that's filmed at the Parthenon, the Parthenon replica Mm. in Nashville was actually supposed to be filmed at Ryman Auditorium because it's like such a hub of music fame, but it had like recently closed down or something. So the director couldn't get clearance to film in there. Anyway, that was 1892 is when that first concert was held. In 1900, uh, Nashville was the cradle of the lost cause of the Confederacy myth. (laughs) And the first chapter of the United Daughters of the Confederacy, remember them from our Gone with the Wind episode, mm-hmm. was founded in Nashville. <laughs> Again, those were those were the white ladies who were saying, hey, no. the Civil War was about states' rights. <gasps> in 1925, the Grand Ole Opry opens, which was originally in the WSM, originally called the WSM Barn Dance in a building in the downtown. In 1943, the Opry moved to Ryman Auditorium, very historic, and then eventually on to a different building. And by the 1950s, Nashville had been dubbed Music City, USA by radio DJ David Cobb. All of which to say, Nashville has a long history in music, particularly the country music scene, was very much a hub for it in the 70s and is still very much a hub for it today. And that is the end of the historical context for Nashville, the 1975 smorgasbord board thank you liana for that historical context you're welcome that's not only historical but also regional context for those of us who've never been (laughs) on that side of the country gosh that's crazy to me well liana Uh shall we move on to phone notes i don't even know what i wrote down i have little to say me as well i honestly on the way here i was like maybe we can just like hang out for now like i don't really want to talk about this movie because it was insane um and there's just not that much. Well, okay. Here's where we can start. Okay. What's your general take? I hated it. Okay. What's your general take? A woman wrote it. And? Okay, you found out afterward that she wrote it? Yeah. Liana. I got here. I saw Robert Altman. I looked it up and I said, oh, fuck. That's the guy who did MASH. Yeah. I, I, I wish I was dead. Sure. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, meh. The name Joan comes up mm-hmm. under written by. Mm-hmm. I go, hello. Mm-hmm. I say, is Joan a man's name in the 70s? I look it up. It was written by a woman. Is this the first screenplay by a woman that we've... They can't. There must have been. There have... I know there have been a couple that were co-written by women. Uh-huh. I don't remember if there have been any that were full. We'll have to look into it. Written by women. But I was so happy. Mm. And so I felt very optimistic about it for that reason. Okay. Because I'm like... You go, girl. Mm-hmm. We're going to support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are so many stars in this that I like. Really? Yeah. What? I mean, a lot I knew of them. one person in this movie. Shelley Duvall? Lil, no. Lily Tomlin? <laughs> Lily Tomlin. Um, I forget her name, but the mom from Freaky Friday, who I loved in Freaky Friday, was the one who was running around trying to find 
uh, a place to sing. I assume this is the original Freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, there were just like a lot of performers I really like. To sum up, did you like the movie? After about five minutes of confusion and going, I'm happy to see some of these people. I settled in to deciding it was like a Christopher Guest movie. And it made a lot more sense to me. So I found it sort of pleasant and I liked the music. And then there were two things that happened that made me really confused and really upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing with Christopher Guest movies is that those are funny. Yeah. This movie was not funny. I thought it was funny. What? At some when? point. Well, we'll have to get to it. Yeah. Let's get to our phone notes. All right. Because there are a few moments that I think that you would think was very funny. Okay. Were you written by a woman? <laughs> we'll be right back. See, <laughs> said, I was wondering what city this was shot. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark 
more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to on Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. But now I'm realizing it's probably Nashville. I was like, what is this beautiful city that I've never seen? <laughs> I wonder where this is. Could this be Chicago? No. <laughs> and then I went, wait a second. Hang on. Let's use context clues. Oh. And I figured it out. Liana's first note is, oh God. <laughs> The credits started, and I was like, I hate this. I hate this so much. I want to leave. Get me out of here. Yeah. Because it was just like, oh, it was the like the, it's was a so small world ride of just like sensory overload and like crispy white people. Yeah. I, oh, it was so the opposite of my aesthetic. Yeah. I think I really didn't like it until I saw Shelley Duvall, and I was like, everything might be okay. You like Shelley Duvall? I guess I do. Hmm. Yeah. I, I thought she was really funny in this movie. Oh my God, that's so interesting. <laughs> You weren't, I, I, my, my hatred of the seventies is going to outweigh any like potentiality to laugh. I think you would love the British chick. I liked her. I also am not in like a, I'm not having the best week. Right. Yeah. (laughs) At one point, Opal later on, Lily Tomlin tells Opal. Yeah. She's like. Opal's like, oh, you must love singing with your children. And Lily Tomlin is like, well, both my children are deaf. Yeah. And Opal's like, oh, God, how oh, sad. No, no, don't. No, no, like, no, no oh, it's not sad. They're no, my, that's awful. They're my children. Oh, I don't want to know oh, that. God. No, I couldn't possibly. And Lily's like, no, you should meet them. They're lovely. She's like, no, God, it'd be so depressing. That would be so sad. Their lives are so horrible. I couldn't do it. I liked her a lot. Everything she said was so funny. She was great. Or later when she's like, have you been to Vietnam? <laughs> I, you in have. the very beginning I can see it in your face <laughs> I wish we could have just watched a movie about her yeah. the whole rest of it I was like what the fuck is this when she in the opening scene is like I was on a trip in Kenya <laughs> I was like oh okay I know what this is I get it how much do you know about this genre of music so very little really which I think I was also kind of and I don't even want to say, like, I wasn't heavily enjoying it. The re- I was kind of, like, it was somewhat pleasant. Mm-hmm. Was because I was like, oh, I'm learning. I'm learning about this 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 song, this form mm-hmm. of music. Especially because it was such different country music than we have now. I'm like, wow, 70s country music was so different. Yeah. And now I'm kind of thinking that it was sort of written just by actors. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that was a big part of my, like, huh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen. Were you thinking these were genuine, like, country music songs yeah written Mm. by country music people at least yeah and i mean it was spoofing the the form so Mm -hmm. so maybe there was some truth in it but 
I don't know. I thought people at least had pretty voices and stuff. Liana, you said clearing throat while singing. Me as hell. <laughs> this was Suleen. She was singing at Jeff Goldblum, who was performing magic uh-huh. in a diner. And she was like, I wrote a new song. Do you want to hear it? All I do is, <clears throat> hang on. <clears throat> All I do is, I was like, every episode I do that. I always start singing something at you. And I say, wait, that's not right. <laughs> Those are the words. <clears throat> hang on. I got it. <clears throat> One more time. I think we try to explain it a little bit. So it starts at the recording studio. We meet the British lady. We meet the star, older star, Haven Hamilton. We meet Lily Tomlin. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they go to the airport where Mm -hmm. they're all waiting for Barbara Jean, this amazing superstar to arrive. Yeah, what happened to Barbara? I heard it was a baton accident. Is that right? I don't remember. Somebody was like a flaming baton, like got her. Really? I was like, what? The main thing that happened with Barbara Jean is mm-hmm. that she was like, they said she was in some accident, but really it's implied that she went to a, uh, an institution of some sort. Oh, what? Roughly. It yes. was a spa. Oh my God. I didn't yeah. get that at all. Yeah. That's Ugh. why, that's why later when she's like kind of going kooky. Oh. That's what's implied. Man, what the hell? Okay. I, mm, this is the other thing about these movies. Yeah. These, like, 1970s satire, a lot of it I don't get, and it makes me feel very dumb, and I don't like that. We talk about, we've talked about before how there's all these euphemisms, so then when we're like, was that a euphemism, or was it not? Like, I guess she was hit with a baton, because this is a comedy movie, so people are getting <laughs> hit with things. And that is funny. Like, it's funny to get hit by a flaming baton. Yeah. But then, wait, that didn't happen? And then she actually faints from heat exhaustion, and is in the hospital for, like, four days, and you're and like, then, wait, what? And then she gets assassinated? I thought this was a comedy? I'm very confused. Okay. I've been grappling with the ending of this film for many hours. Really? I I have not. Really? No. It happened and I was like, well, that was a wash. (laughs) I went on with my day. I, who had been, and it it just like, (laughs) again, 10 minutes in, I'm confused. I finally am like, this is a Christopher Guest movie. It all makes sense to me. Mm. I'm picking up what they're putting down. A woman wrote this. Let's go. Um, And then... uh, (laughs) When when Barbara Jean is shot uh-huh. at the end, mm-hmm. I had also been watching it with a, a friend, um, and she'd gone to bed by this point. Oh my god! And I was like, she'd gone to bed like two minutes before, and then Barbara <laughs> Jean is shot, and I'm like, something. I don't know. I don't know who to. How can I tell anyone? Yeah. What just happened? This is incredibly funny too because I saw you while you were in the middle of this viewing experience yeah. because you had you were watching it and then paused it to go to something else, which is where I saw you. And I had seen the whole thing. What point of the movie were you at when I saw you? A nebulous middle point. Okay, yeah. So you just really had no idea what was coming. None. Do you remember yesterday when you saw me and you were like, how are you? And I was like, so bad. Yeah. This was part of that. Uh-huh. I was before the striptease also. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. That was so fucking awful. It was horrible. I hated it. Oh. That's where the Robert Altman of it all comes in, too. Yeah. Because I, like, I was, again, I was in the mindset of, like, a woman wrote this, let's go. Mm. I'm like, I understand if you're trying to make this scene, like, she's being exploited. Right. But then to tell that story by further exploiting they someone on just screen. exploiting her. <laughs> yeah. Is just like, no. And it did that Robert Altman thing again, 
that they did all the time in MASH where it's like, oh, this terrible thing happened to a woman, but in the next scene, she's fine with it. Yeah. Because in the next scene, she's laughing about it with Wade. Well, he like, she's upset, but then by the end of that scene, she's like, oh, whatever. And she goes back inside. I will say one thing that I did really like about this version that I'm saying, (laughs) thank you, Joan, um, about is that um, I found it very touching when Wade was like, that's terrible. No, that that was, yeah. You said, what are you going to do if you don't should be banned? And you've said freaking out because someone mildly wrote off her backup plan. Respect. <laughs> this is the the blonde, the blonde woman who's like always running away from her husband who is in a truck. Winifred. I thought her name was Albuquerque. They did call her that. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I, saw oh, her name. I hate the 70s so much. Yes. Anyway. Albuquerque is her name. Oh, I don't. That, played by the Freaky Friday mom. She is like loose on the road after that car pile up on the highway and she's mm-hmm. telling somebody that she's there to pursue music and he's like, well, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no one should allow- be allowed to say that to anyone ever. <laughs> because when people ask me that question, yeah. I want to die. A hundred percent. You've said, it's too bad I don't know who any of these characters are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It takes pretty much the whole movie to sort of get a grasp. You don't get it until the end scene when they're all next to each other. There were two men who I thought were one man, and then they were sat next to each other in the end scene, and I was like, that's two guys? I um tried to make a list because I was summarizing this film. I made a list of the characters. Yeah. And um when I was going back and checking it, there were a handful of men who I was like, <laughs> I don't even remember them being there. You know what? I think we should do it now. I think we should do the character list. Okay. Okay. This is, uh, I think, the ones that matter. Okay. We can add. No, and I'm this not is going to. The quickest description I can give. Ooh, let's see. I'll count as you list them. Is that fun? Because yeah. there's 24. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, when you said that, I looked back and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see how many you have and then we'll see if we can get any okay. of the rest of them. One. Hal Philip Walker, the replacement party candidate running on the platform of hating lawyers. Two, Haven Hamilton, a big country star. Three, Barbara Jean, the young woman big country star who is struggling with her mental health. (coughs) Four, Connie White, Barbara Jean's industry rival. Five, Glenn Kelly, the military guy who's obsessed with Barbara Jean. (laughs) Six, Opal, a BBC journalist researching country music. Seven, Tommy Brown, the famous black country singer. Eight, Lady Pearl, a nightclub owner. <laughs> Nine. Sue Lean, airport waitress and terrible singer who wants to make it in the biz. That was at the airport? Yeah. Oh, boy. Ten. Wade, airport cook. Eleven. Uh, Winifred, slash Albuquerque, I guess. <laughs> an aspiring singer who was on the run from her husband the whole time, <laughs> looking for a chance to sing. <laughs> Twelve. Oh, these are three in one. 13, 14. Bill, Mary, and Tom. Yeah. A folk trio and love triangle. Mm. Tom in particular sleeps around with tons of characters. 15. L.A. Joan. <gasps> played by Shelley Duvall, a devoted groupie who's in town to see her sick aunt, but instead follows a bunch of musicians. 16. Mr. Green, Joan's uncle. This is like a game of Clue. <laughs> 17. Kenny Frazier. Fiddler turned murderer. <laughs> 18. Linnea. Lily Tomlin, the white gospel singer with two deaf children. 19. Apparently, Linnea's husband is also a character. Yeah, he's a lawyer. The, a lawyer. 20. 
that's all. Yeah. Very good. Let's see who else. Oh, 20. There's the po- po- there's the political like organizer guy uh-huh. who's from California. Oh, yeah. Who's not the same as the politician. 21. Fred or fucking something. The guy who went to Harvard Law School and is the sparkly outfit guy's son. Oh, the son. I forgot about him. He's kind of like the groupie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. also his son. He is. He's like the businessman for the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, three left. Gosh, what could they be? Elliot Gold doesn't count, right? No, no I don't. He literally there. was just in Nashville and the director was like, ah, you want to be in the film? That's so I stupid. I hate men so much. Um, three left. Well, listener, if you, if you know which three are missing, write in. Does Nashville count as a character? <laughs> the city is a character, man. <laughs> I bet it does. That, we did it. We literally just told you the movie. That is the movie. Yeah. You just are following these people around. There's no coherence to any of it. They kind of interact. Nobody seems to really care about anybody else in it. It's not... Okay, here's my issue. Yeah. We have now seen very endearing, cute anthologies. Oh, yeah. and the film bros are going to hate this. Have you seen the movie Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah. Starring Taylor Lautner and Taylor oh, Swift. Oh, you better believe I saw that. In the peak of their Taylor and Taylor era. You better believe I saw that on my birthday. Fucking love that movie. It's so good. It's so good. And the whole time I was watching this, I was like, man, Valentine's Day was so much better. <laughs> I love that. Because it's funny. It's charming. It's a lot of different characters that you follow. They also did a version of it called New Year's Eve starring Seth Meyers. And that one was also great. Yeah. Not as good, but fun. But Valentine's Day, it was just such a, you knew what genre it was. You knew who all the characters were. And it was fun to see them overlap with one another. And no one got shocked. Yeah. <sighs> I'm um, so glad you noticed this, too. We had different responses to it, but you've written, I love KFC. I love <laughs> KFC. Just the other day. Your mouth got so big when you I said that. Whoa. I've never seen the inside love- of your mouth. Ah. I didn't know it was that round. I love <laughs> KFC. Aww. It is that, that famous bowl. You wouldn't be able bowl? to partake in this, but if you ever... I had KFC a lot as a child. I really liked it. Mashed potatoes? Yeah. Is that what? Were you a vegetarian at the time? No, I had chicken. Wow. I've eaten chicken. <laughs> I know what chicken is. I didn't know you looked upon those times fondly, Didn't though. they have chicken? Um, I don't want to say that they're called poppers. <laughs> popcorn chicken. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That popcorn chicken. Did you ever get the little chicken laptop? poppers? Huh? They, they used to have a little laptop box. It yeah. looked like a little laptop. I loved it. We would... When we flew I've never gotten to, to rave about meat with you before. <laughs> Liana, you've brought up something. I, would, I, I want to talk about this part of the movie. You said, why is BBC woman just loose in car parks? <laughs> I, too, was so confused. I was like, did they kick her out of the country music park? Ugh. It doesn't really matter why, but let's talk about her being loose in car parks. Oh, my God. She was very funny. Yeah, I didn't really understand what they were trying to say about her, but whatever she was doing, it was funny. I liked watching journalism happen in front of us because she was like crafting a story. Uh huh. You know, like that was the, and she was trying to craft something sensational, of course. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, so when she's walking past the school buses, she's trying to make it about like 
racism in America yeah. or like the school system and how it's tearing itself apart. Right. And it's like yellow, the color of sunshine, <laughs> the color of the <laughs> sun. There was a very funny line she had in that where she said something and then she went, oh no, that, wait, that's fascist. Yeah. <laughs> And I did, I loved that, like, sometimes, even in an audio medium, you'll be talking and you'll be like, that didn't sound like, right. Oh, I've just said something fascist. That was fascist of me. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you know if KFC does vegan popcorn chicken? Please text me. We'll be right back. <laughs> Liana, I feel that you're... A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat 
treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Your moment is being revealed in your notes a little bit. <laughs> your emotional state, perhaps? Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> if you're comfortable. I mean, you have highlighted it. You said it is so embarrassing to have feelings for a person. And then, even more relevant to the movie, <laughs> it is so much more embarrassing to think the song they're singing is about you. Do you remember this? When, like, five women in the audience were like, <laughs> he's singing he's about to me. me. I t- I still don't know who he was singing about. I'm not in a good place. He was singing about the woman whose name was closest to mine as well. So that was cool. Linnea, aka uh-huh. Lily Tomlin, yeah, who turned up at the nightclub after he kept calling her home, and she was like, "Stop calling!" And yeah. then she came. Whatever. I didn't like that either. I forgot. Whatever. I didn't like her. And then they just had like a quick hookup, and he was calling other people to but hook up. But she was after. fine with that. Nobody yeah. was affected in any way. It was very mash in that way. Yeah, I, don't I didn't think- like. I really didn't like that part. I forgot. Yeah, I hated this movie. Um. Tom is singing like a love song that he wrote and he's like tall and hot pretty. and everybody was like <laughs> yum and the like five women that he boned over the course of this one movie yeah. were all in the audience looking at him being like this is about me because we boned <laughs> and I'm like he's been in town for three days and somehow he boned all of you this isn't about any of you but yes you are right I am in a moment I am having a moment this week <laughs> in particular so to watch anybody be incorrect about the feelings that they think somebody has for them, I was oh. like, ooh, no, 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 don't do Bad it. Bad movie. Never go outside. Bad movie. Never go anywhere. Never look at a man. Liana, you've said. Don't do it. Tom does not leave the lizard, <laughs> a.k.a. Linnea, alone. <laughs> if we haven't said it before. I couldn't believe you brought up the tweet at the beginning of this episode because I knew this note was in there. <laughs> And I was like, oh, she's going to see it. <laughs> he wasn't leaving the lizard alone. He does not leave the lizard. I hate him with my life. <laughs> the big boy. <laughs> We're just going to have to leave this meme. I don't know what it is. We're going to have to post this, this artifact. I don't think it's it real. It is an artifact. <laughs> it's absolutely an artifact. <laughs> it's a tweet of who knows if it's a real interview between yeah. Orson Welles and some guy. And Orson it's real Welles to me. Dunking on the Muppets. <laughs> But specifically Miss Piggy. He hates her so much. She does not leave the, the lizard, lizard alone. alone. So he says about Miss Piggy, she does not leave the lizard alone. The lizard being Kermit the frog. <laughs> and Sienna and I talk about that tweet all the time. Specifically the line, she does not leave the lizard alone. And Tom would not leave the lizard alone. The day I saw that meme, I didn't do anything all day. <laughs> I was laughing all day a whole day i hate her with my life liana would you like to move on absolutely okay let's get out of here let's get out of here we are moving on to our next segment badges and tragedies. perfect where we award badges badges for bluegrass oh yeah and tragedies for 
Trash grass. Nice. I have a badge for this woman who knows about cars and is confident in her ability to sell them. Oh, yeah. This was Albuquerque pre-feral. Before she had gone goblin mode, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I have a badge for woman writer. <laughs> I have a badge for somebody barely begins singing and then somebody in the audience says, this is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Tell it like it is. <laughs> I have a badge for the BBC lady is hilarious. A badge for the small man's spangly outfits. They were so sparkly. Oh. Badge for Shelley Duvall is hilarious. Badge for an ASL interpreter. Badge for the two deaf children were actually deaf children. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. I looked it up because I did not think that would be the case. <laughs> <laughs> a badge for it is hard to sing that poorly the whole song. Yeah. Suleen did a great job of terrible singing. I also had a badge for genuinely bad singing. Ah! It's actually very hard to act that. It's hard to miss every note. A badge for Wade. When he yelled at her, you can't sing. I said, yes. And his reaction being, oh my God, it's terrible that that happened to you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yes, I will similarly say a badge for Wade trying to save her and a character acknowledging another's misfortune slash pain. Especially yeah. in these movies where it feels like they, they'll they do something really traumatic to a character mm-hmm. and then they just move on. Mm-hmm. It was so satisfying to have a character who cared about the other one yeah. say, he literally said, uh, that's dreadful. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't we just do that more? Literally like, seeing a man acknowledge a woman's pain. Yeah. I don't think we've seen on this list. It was... It was extremely touching. Mm. It was very touching. I wish they hadn't done anything to begin with. (laughs) Badge for the sound mixing in this film. Okay. Mixing. Sorry. We mix now. There was a scene where there was somebody speaking on a newscast, and then they zoomed out of that to somebody watching that on a TV, and the sound shifted of how it was sounding. And I said, oh, good job. Uh, badge for Lily Tomlin. Badge for Barbara Harris. That is the name of the Freaky Friday mom. Okay. I really like her. Badge for giving us time to sit with the insane moment at the end. Dot, 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 question mark is mm. what I wrote mm. as that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it gave us a moment instead of immediately ending. It certainly said something. <laughs> I mean, now, it was very like America just moves on after a shooting. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they were trying to say. Yeah. Badge for, as I've already made clear, killer cast and some fun female characters. Trages? Trages. I have a trage for this man not listening to his son and also not knowing ASL. Mm. The Lily Tomlin's husband in the movie didn't seem to know any sign language and couldn't communicate with his own sons. Oh, wow. I was like, what the fuck? That's so stupid. Yeah. Trage for the strip scene is so sad. It sucked. There's just ways to do it without, like, traumatizing the actual actor and audience, you know? Yep. Trash for Kenny getting distracted during a house tour and staring at a wall, because I have done that. (laughs) On my first day of work as a personal assistant, Uh the person was showing me around their house, and I didn't hear them say, like, follow me into Uh the next room. Yeah. So I thought they were just going to get something and going to come back. Uh So I just stood, and I looked at a piece of art on the wall for a long time uh-huh. like 30 seconds to a minute i was staring at this piece of art on a wall and then it turned out that they were staring at me staring at this piece of art on the wall saying like okay it's it's this way 
That was my first day on the job. Tragic. Trage. Trage. A trage for, where did Jeff Goldblum go? <laughs> what was he doing in this movie? Did he even have a line? He, I don't think so. Uh. I think he played... <laughs> I think he played a silent magician. What the fuck? He must have also been in town. They must have just not known what Jeff Goldblum like was in 1975. Yeah, the kind of point of him is his voice. Yeah, and just the way that he is. But to put him on a huge tricycle and have to do sleight of hand magic with big glasses. Yeah, they covered his face and they didn't let him talk. Tried for incorrect use of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Trage for this movie was so close to not having unnecessary boob. It was so close. Yeah. I was going to be so proud. A trage, my final trage is for forcing her to strip and for, you guessed it, unnecessary boob. Let us. Let us move on to the next verse. Yeah. Which is how to pretend you've seen this film. This is for, you're at a country music festival yeah and haven is clopping up to ya and he's saying howdy little philly uh (laughs) boy every time i see country music it reminds me of what moved me on down to nashville i'm actually from washington state (laughs) uh it was a movie that i love so much that is all about this musical genre that uh, stole my heart. And it is called Nashville. And I'm going to say everything. I'm going to explain every single character from that <laughs> film to you. And in order to stop Haven from soloing at soloing, you, great, at you we're going to give you a few sentences you can say or sing to pretend you've seen what was apparently a movie musical, Nashville. Yes, Haven, I know about Nashville. Um, In that movie, they sing a song about the bicentennial of America. And I would like to put to you the existential terror that we might see the year 2076. (laughs) Oh. Mm -hmm. Yes, Haven, I've seen the movie Albuquerque. I've also read... It's called Nashville. Wait, this took place in Nashville? Whoa! Um, I watched a film called Albuquerque with a woman called Nashville in it. Very different. (laughs) Haven, yes, I know about Nashville. There is a politician running for office in that film arguing that lawyers should no longer be in Congress, which, you know, fair enough. But Congress does, like, make laws... He did say to text the churches. And I said, oh, my God, vote for hell. Oh, king. And um, abolish the electoral college. Vote for hell. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's enough. Those are enough. And tax the rich. Hal was sort of, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have lawyers in Congress. <laughs> Honestly, he's been making good points. <laughs> yes, Hal, I have seen the movie Nashville. You better believe. And Elliot Gold appears in this movie. And that kind of speaks to the fact that Robert Altman just... Puts his friends in stuff, probably. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's clear. I read about it. Oh. <laughs> uh, Haven, yes, I've seen the film. If you'll excuse me, I have to get backstage. No, I am not the press. I am from the BBC. <laughs> yes, 
Haven, I've seen the movie Nashville, and there's a lot of country music, and a lot of it is slow-paced, which I think represents how slow-paced the movie itself is as well. Haven, Nashville is a searing commentary on society and our relationships to celebrity, politics, and populism. One very haunting relevant line from the film is any one of you can grow up to be the president. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Because it's true. Uh, yeah, Haven, I've seen Nashville. Robert Altman directed that. He sucks. <laughs> and now that you have sung Haven to the other side of the venue, mm-hmm. We can move on to our next segment, which is here to save you precious, precious, precious time. Time signatures, even. Oh, incredible. Music. Uh, And that is our segment, Should You Watch This Or? That is when we tell you if you should watch this movie or if you should do anything else with your precious, precious time. Liana, Hmm. what do you think? Well, the men who hate our show will only continue to hate it more because I think you should not watch the film Nashville. You should watch... This very sweet rom-com anthology, Valentine's Day, starring Taylor Lautner. It had a big impact on me when I was a young woman. And it's very fun. It's very colorful. George Lopez is in it being fun. I forgot. There's a flower shop. Julia Roberts is in the movie. Wow. What? Oh, yeah. I love her so Incredible. much. Incredible. Incredible. People kiss on a little bridge. It's adorable and very sweet. Watch Valentine's Day. I haven't seen it since it came out, so if it doesn't hold up, that's not my fault. Sienna, what would you say? (laughs) Yes, well, I've said it many times. I am obviously going to recommend you watch a Christopher Guest movie. There are so many good ones. Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman. One that I think gets slept on is Mascots. Parker Posey and the other actress who I don't remember the name of, they do a very funny little clearly improv bit on sushi explaining to one another what sushi is <laughs> and it is so funny i love that anyway we should get sushi sushi and waffles oh yeah the american classic <laughs> liana what would you rate this dang movie you know i really hated it so much you deserve that thank you mm-hmm. there were parts of it that i was like yeah that's cool that's fun like mm-hmm. the british woman was a fun character for the most part. Yeah. Except they sort of had her like be a slut. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, but funny, but like maybe she's got agent. You know, I'm going to give this movie a zero. <laughs> you, That's okay. Zero. Zero sausages out of five. <laughs> As it turns out, that's how many were in the film, which I would not have guessed from the poster. Sienna, what would you rate to the film Nashville? While I was watching the film in my head, I was like, this is getting a two for, out of five for me because... I found it low-key pleasant for most of the time. I thought it would be nice to have on in the background. I liked a little 70s jokes here and there. But uh, once it got to the end and I could no longer ignore the fact that this was a Robert Altman film mm. and he wanted you to know it, mm. uh, it did fall a bit. I really didn't like that striptease scene. It was or scene. Ugh. It was really like one of the worst things. Um, yeah. Uh, the context and everything, we had, didn't even explain it all. But um, yeah, I'm going to give it a 1.5 out of 5. Sons who also run the business <laughs> of your music. <laughs> what was he doing there? He's 
kind of just paid to be his dad's son. He kind of sat on a bench so that his dad could be like, this is my son. He went to Harvard Law School. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> anyway, obviously I've yeah. said that there are things that I enjoyed about it at the time, but it's just also weird vibes. <laughs> weird vibes, man. So, weird vibes. What a movie. All righty. Well. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to our review of Nashville, Nashville. 1975. 1975. This has been Tossed Popcorn. We are a reminder on Patreon, tosspatreon.com slash Toss a subscription in there. Join our Discord little group text where we gossip with one another. Mm -hmm. We are all over social media at Tossed Popcorn on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We also have personal accounts on Instagram and Twitter where we post our own stuff. And uh, fucking join us next week for a spooky special episode. Spooky special. Werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky scary. Thank you. We love you. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. Oh, I thought I saw the word waffle, but you said baffling. We need to get a waffle. We soon. have to get a waffle. What are we doing? It's been months. We've been talking about getting a waffle for months now. We've had to watch two Robert Altman films, and I, still we have not had a waffle. I hate him so he much. He does not leave the lizard alone. <laughs> <laughs> a new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.